This is HRT, a podcast featuring interviews with HR leaders, researchers, students, and influencers. HRT takes trending topics and research in human resources, steeps them for 30 minutes or less, and leaves you with fresh brewed ideas on how to drive high-performing, inclusive organizations and create meaningful work experiences. HRT is brought to you by Villanova HRT, the graduate programs in human resource development at Villanova University. Hi, everyone. Welcome to HRT. I'm your host, Bethany Adams. I love HRT, but truth be told, I am a coffee drinker. On today's episode, I sat down with two of my favorite HR ladies from across the pond, Imogen Puddock and Carla Kringle. Imogen and Carla are the founders of a company called Fizz Pop Bang, and their passion for building aligned brands teams, and cultures comes through in a fun, innovative way, just like that name, Fizz Pop Bang. They focus on brand employee engagement, which they found was crucial for business when they met while working for Red Bull, Imogen as the head of brand and Carla as the head of HR. And prior to Red Bull, Imogen worked for both Polaroid and Hasbro. And I love the way that she described Hasbro to me. She said it was kind of like the movie Big, which is one of my favorite movies, where even though they were making toys, it was a super corporate environment where everyone walked around in those power shoulder pads and sat in boardrooms trying to figure out what kids wanted to play with, right? So this corporate environment to Red Bull. And Carla, prior to Red Bull, worked in HR for financial services at Barclays, another very structured corporate culture like Imogen described. So as they both moved to Red Bull, one in a traditional marketing role and one in a traditional HR role, the Red Bull brand and culture evolved as they were there. Their jobs in brand and HR came to overlap when they realized the importance of the connection between people and brand. And I'll let Carla take it from here. Imogen and I then started working together on some of the really cool projects around actually how do you kind of bottle up what is special and unique about your culture and your brand and and how can you get people to to live and breathe that without telling them so I think both of us had come from roles or our predecessors had been a little bit of the you know the brand witch or the you know the HR yeah fun police or (laughs) whatever you want and actually we both had that same philosophy really which was how do you kind of give people enough of that so that they're able to make those decisions and be empowered to live and breathe that themselves. So that was kind of the start of HR and marketing working together, which I think was, you know, something fairly new at that time. So tell us, I know your company now, FizzPop Bang, is very much focused on brand and employee engagement, a little bit of what you were just speaking to, Carla. So talk to me about why that's so important in organizations, and then how FizzPop Bang came to be. Yeah, so we started off by saying that we want, we knew that we wanted to work with something to do with brands, something to do with people, and, and take the lessons that we had learned from Red Bull and share that with other people. And I think the reason why it's brand employee engagement and not just employee engagement is because we, we know nowadays, and actually when we first started employee engagement, it was something people talked about, but they didn't really, it wasn't really a priority. It wasn't something that was sort of top of their list. But I think we've been through quite a lot of turbulent times in the last few years, 
in probably the last decade, really. We started Fizzpop Bang when we were about to enter the second dip of recession in the UK. So not the greatest time to join, to create a company. But actually, we realized that in those sort of times, the companies that were really winning were the companies that invested in their people still, that realized that um, their company was successful because of the talent that they had. And when people used to ask us at Red Bull, they used to say to me, well, why is Red Bull so successful? And I used to say, you know, it's true. We have a, a, a unique product that had never been seen before. It was something that had an effect on you. But really, it was the people that, that made that business so successful. And it was people being able to have an idea, regardless of where you sat in the company, and making it happen and changing the world around us. And, and innovation for us at Red Bull was just the pursuit of making the world a better place. So, so even if you're sitting in the finance team, you could think of a better idea of how your day-to-day job could be and you could make it happen. So it's really important because as we've seen, the turbulent times across the world has continued. And we know that companies, there's so much research out there that says companies that invest in their people and that they focus on their culture and their employee engagement are the people who flourish in those environments. So it's exactly the work we used to do at Red Bull really was help people understand what we were as a brand. And it didn't really matter that we were a consumer brand. It was just, it could have been any company. It's just, what did we stand for? What made us unique? Why would people want to be there and and care and share in that purpose and if you can bottle that up and get people to to feel connected to that then they're much more likely to give their discretionary effort which is the engagement piece so we started Fizzpop Bang with that idea and, and it's largely due to the work that we did together at Red Bull. But when towards the end of Red Bull, we started working on a few charities because our managing director at the time was an, a non-exec director on a couple of charities. And, and just by chance, he asked us to get involved to help those businesses take the learnings of Red Bull and share that to help those businesses. And, and we just found it really rewarding and it, we felt that we were making a difference. And that was really the catalyst for us to think about doing our own thing. I love it. You know, brand employee engagement, I don't think a lot of HR people think that way. They don't often think that their job is marketing and really their job is marketing. It's helping their people connect to the purpose of the business and align their job with the strategy of the business, but you have to be engaged in and buy into that purpose. So I love it. Um, And I love that Fizzpot Bang is taking it out to the world um, and beyond Red Bull. I love me some Red Bull, but (laughs) (laughs) we can take it out beyond that as well. So can you share some stories of some of the work that you're doing with organizations and kind of what Fizzpot Bang goes in and helps them accomplish for their groups? Yeah, so I guess from our perspective, brand employee engagement is a massive topic and we quite often get asked, you know, well, what's the, the special secret or the magic answer to engagement or to brand employee engagement? And I guess we try to tackle it in three different ways. So we, we always talk about three different buckets that we focus on. But the first of them we call discover, but essentially it is everything to do with cultural change. So we do quite a lot of projects with organisations around changing their culture. We also work with businesses around, so where do they want to go? So around their vision, where do they want to be? Getting leadership teams and people bought into that throughout that process. And then fundamentally, when they know where they're going and and what they stand for, then it's actually, well, how are they going to get there? So we do quite a bit of work in that space and that discovery bucket around values. And that 
is everything from creating those values. And for us, it's something that we should, we, we love to do in conjunction with as many people in the organisation as possible. Our belief is that you shouldn't sit as an executive team and come up with your values. And we you know we come into some organisations who will remain nameless, where they have done a, a dreadful exercise, just kind of picking out some keywords and then they launch them out to their team and expect them to buy into them. But where it's worked best, we've worked with lots of organisations the National Health Service here in the UK, the England Cricket Board, yeah, lots of different organisations, but essentially bottling up what do they believe their values are. So it's a combination of everyone through the organisation kind of sharing their stories and what makes that organisation unique, but also, also a whole piece around aspirationally, where do they want to be? So organisations tend to spend quite a lot of time and energy in defining those values, but then they remain painted on the wall beautifully sat up somewhere or you know kind of lots of notebooks or communication sent out but for us there's no real reason in having a set of values if you don't bring them to life and embed them in everything so we work with most of our clients around actually well how do we bring them off the page and weave them through everything that you do from a, a people journey or people experience perspective but also fundamentally what can you do as an employee of this organization to really bring them to life and how can you behave and how can you have a, a um, you know take some of those ideas and make them happen so that's our, our discovery bucket which I guess is where we started really and then we our, our second bucket which is all around learning and, and growth uh, is something that's started kind of organically grew I guess when we had done those big cultural change projects and could see that change in an organization sometimes there was a gap between where did organizations want to be in the future and you know their ambitions for cultural change and actually some of the behaviors that were still happening in the organization hadn't caught up with that ambition so we developed a whole program around we call it bite-sized training but for us it's anti-training because if you think of training it's 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 everything that's different to that we're not standing there telling anyone how to do anything but it's all immersive experiences getting people to change their behaviors with most of our clients we package them up into or design from scratch leadership programs that that help to embed those behaviors so um, Sony Music is one of our, our biggest clients globally and we've worked a lot with them around how can you turn performance management into really human conversations so stop it being a form-filling exercise but what are those behavior changes that we need to have in an organization so that's kind of resulted in a, a program that's called the the performance accelerator program which is both looking at managers and giving them the skills through um, leadership development, but also reflected in an employee program that kind of mirrors that language. So everybody's take, talking the same language. And then our final bucket, so we've got discovery, learning, and then our final bucket is sharing. So we're super passionate about making everything two-way and really engaging and taking a, I guess, a marketing approach to how we communicate with people internally in a business and you know coming from HR myself I think you know I, I certainly was guilty of doing the, the first bit and focusing on the learning and development and all of that strategy stuff but then sending it out in an email and it wasn't particularly inspiring or you know putting in some grid and a fancy model and, and then expecting people to get it and that's where I think the beauty of the the marketing and HR at Fizzpot Bang really combines because we've got an in-house design studio team who are specifically focused on creating internal communications in a in a treating them the way that you would with a, a marketing campaign so it's all about surprising and delighting your people and getting them really 
like excited about the things that you're doing and, and treating every element of that communication around engagement in, in a way that you would if you were going out to your consumer. I was just going to build on that and I suppose that, that links back to um, why we sort of started going down the route of brand employee engagement because essentially what you want to do is try and create brand ambassadors. So a lot of the work that we do is is the end point is creating a high performing culture so you get great business results but it's also creating brand ambassadors from within because people trust people who work there and, and uh, much more than anything else. So um, if you can tra- create true internal brand ambassadors they do a brilliant job for you. I think people think that they've done that bit of work and say that's a done deal and they've done the hard work they've got the, they've got exactly I spend a lot of time working out what the words are that are right but actually and often we go in at this point and it's just well that's that's just the beginning because you have to then try and get everybody to stand behind it and if you've included those people in the very beginning you're just playing back what they've said in the first place so the, in terms of a change or an integration or embedding it's so much quicker and we've seen it I mean it's exactly a lot of the work that we did with the NHS was the hard it felt like the hard work was getting the, the words right but actually because we'd already involved so many people you know for for quite a big old traditional company they changed very quickly because it was just replaying what they'd already known. Whenever we do any change program we have this kind of lovely slide which we can share with you which is all around you know if you tell people to change they'll they'll hear it if you kind of show them how to do it, then they'll feel it. But actually, if you involve them in it, then they're going to live and breathe it and be your brand ambassadors. So whenever we do anything, we always start with that philosophy of how can we involve people in training, in sharing the you know, communication or in changing their culture? You know, how, how much can we involve them? Because ultimately it's them that is going to kind of live and breathe it once we, we've left. Okay, I want to stop right here and just break down those three buckets that Carla covered. Bucket one, discovery. Bucket two, learning and growth. And bucket three, sharing. This process actually reminds me of some foundational research around learning organizations, which comes from David Garvin, Amy Edmondson, and Francesca Gino. In their article, Is Yours a Learning Organization? They discuss that there are these building blocks for creating learning organizations. And this fizz pop bang model sort of mirrors those building blocks. The first block discovery or their first bucket discovery links to the building block of leadership that reinforces learning. The most important part of that building block is that managers and leaders invite input from others and encourage people to ask questions and learn. And as Carla said, the managers don't just dictate what the values are, right? They ask their people and encourage input. After all, the people are the ones who truly live the values and inspire the products that come out of the organization. Next, bucket two, learning and growth. And this links to building block two in the research, which is concrete learning processes and practices. The key with both this research and what FizzPop Bang is looking to achieve is that they aren't focused on the act of training. They're focused on getting to behavior change. Carla spoke about this mirrored language between leadership and employees. These are the kinds of concrete processes that help drive behavior change and create a more adaptive organization. And finally, bucket three, which is sharing. This actually links to the first and core building block from the research, which is a supportive learning environment. One that emphasizes psychological safety, appreciation of differences, openness to new ideas, and time for reflection. 
As Imogen described, when you have employees who are living your values, learning and growing, and then sharing those experiences with others, both internally and externally, they become your brand ambassadors. Brand ambassadors do not live in organizations that do not provide this kind of supportive learning environment. I actually read a quote from Imogen on the FizzPop Bang blog that really spoke to me around this topic of supportive learning environments, psychological safety, and appreciation of differences. She said, companies that have brilliant cultures ensure that they build people into the hearts of their organizations. For me, coming from an HR perspective, this quote speaks to me and is really why I got into the HR profession, right? That heart as the people of your organization. But what I loved was that it was coming from Imogen, right? From her marketing perspective. This too rang true because this truly shows the link between marketing and HR and creating authentic cultures. So I think it means so much because you can't sort of fake it. So companies spend a lot of money on their employer brand and they tell people what it's like as a place to work and they spend a lot of money building great marketing campaigns about come and join us because they share a beautiful vision and the problem is that in quite a lot of cases there as soon as you walk through the door it doesn't live up to that sort of utopia that you've been sold in your marketing campaign so it has to start with from within and as Carla said earlier it has to start with your with your heart and you have to have people with that in mind so so the way to do it and often people start the other way around so they kind of go right what ideas can we have to put into our business to build our culture so should we have a ping pong table or should we have Fridays off or and actually they need to start the other end and that's so first of all yes start with who you are as a, as a business so what is your brand even if you're not a consumer brand what is it that makes you different what are the values that make you special that are different to your competitors? Why do you exist in the world? So get that, get that bottled up first. Then overlay in that under, an understanding of your people. So really spend time as if you were a marketeer, because this is what brand com- big brands do very well is they totally understand their target audience. They don't try and go after everybody. They try to appeal to different sets of people. So so overlay and understand what makes your individual people tick. Because if you can understand, so we're big on motivational drivers. And and for those of you who love a good read, Daniel Pink and his drive book is, is a, a brilliant example of understanding motivational drivers that are different to just money and materials. So you need to make sure that you're clear about your purpose so appeal to people from your purpose but understand why the sorts of things that drive them think about what it is that they can master so how are you going to learn and grow them Um, and then how are you going to give them freedom to perform through autonomy so those three buckets are really important and it'll be different for everybody so so spend time really thinking about what makes your people tick and then what are the behaviors that you really want people to display that you think will start to get you towards achieving your vision and your values because that way you will then start to build different plans about how you're going to get there. And it will, it will mean that people give you better effort and, and, and put more into it because you're spending a bit more time appealing to that. Then come up with ideas about how you're going to make that culture live and breathe um, because you need to nurture those sorts of things. So, so if it's about people needing to have a bit of time to think and come up with great ideas, then build in specific ideas into your culture that will allow that to happen. Otherwise, all you're doing is sort of overlaying ideas that don't necessarily, they won't land and they won't, they'll be nice ideas but, and they'll be great for your employer brand, but they won't really change any behavior or nurture any, any sort of behavior or creativity. 
Yeah, I love it. It's almost like a, a marketing analysis, but of your internal people. So not of your external yeah. customer. It's how often do we go in and really figure out what drives our people and what's going to keep them engaged in their work and also our brand. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think it's because the world is changing. People's expectations of work is changing. No longer is this work-life balance the thing. It's just about what can they have as the best life that they can lead and it and work blurs into home life so it's it's and it's different for everybody so in exactly that if you can build a marketing plan for your team like a, a target audience and then build a plan around that then you're much more likely to have a successful business than a sort of a mass rule or or one size fits all which you know you can have very you can have generalizations like on the whole people tend to be able to do work that means that they have to focus in the morning like that's a generalization but it's not a rule for everybody so um, I only have to look at our own team I only have to look at Carla and I to see the differences and how we work the trick to it is to to try to allow people to work in the way that allows them to flourish so that then you know you get the best from everybody and yeah. the reason that, that doesn't happen is it's actually quite hard work behind the scenes to make that work because actually it's easier to have a blanket policy that is this is the way that we do things and so that individualization which is so important in terms of driving engagement takes time but it pays off in terms of the engagement and the commitment and the effort and the energy that people will give as the result of you treating them like humans rather than like a you know commodity as it were <laughs> I think the key to it all is being authentic so never just looking at another organization and going hey, that's what they're doing. So that's what we should be doing. And, and fundamentally, if you start with your own values, you can work out what that fun or curious or, you know, kind of tongue in cheek element is for you and how far you can push it. Because we quite often go into organisations and as Imogen said earlier, you know, the answer was stick a ping pong table in here because everyone will be really creative. <laughs> Actually, it, it really isn't about that. It's really understanding who you are. So for us, we... We've got a pact, that's our values. So practice what you preach is our number one value. Always be authentically you as the second. So everything about us has to be authentic. Curiosity makes us tigers. So we have a whole piece around how do we, you know, kind of curiously, playfully challenge ourselves and keep ourselves topped up. Two heads are better than one. So we always work together on projects. We never have somebody who's just working in isolation because we believe that adding that extra sparkle, that 20% is much easier if you've got a, a tag team. And, and quite often we'll pair up our, a brand and a, a people person together to kind of let that magic happen. And finally, we have spirit in, in good times and bad. So that's all about, you know, kind of having people's back and celebrating the amazing successes, but also being there when, you know, times aren't quite so easy. So for us, I guess, how we kind of bottle up those values and, and make them part of who we are is... A, trying to practice what we preach. So we do loads of the stuff that we do with our clients internally. So you as a, a business owner or, you know, a leader in a business can't, can't live and breathe that whole culture. So it's about inviting people to come up with the ideas and what makes curiosity and creativity and fun relevant for them. All right. This is a great place to wrap up this episode. Carla and Imogen are truly inspiring. They embody the passion for people that I want every HR professional in the world to have. The fizz pop bang motto is to help us whistle on our way to work. And I think with their passion and processes, this would be possible in more companies.
All right, everyone, this concludes another episode of HRT. Our next episode is our last episode for season two. This year, 2020, while certainly a crazy one, is actually the 40th anniversary of the Villanova HRD program. The HRD program has been educating HR leaders for 40 years, but certainly the research and the field has evolved dramatically in those 40 years. And on our last episode, we will be chatting with Rick Jacobs, an IO psychology researcher who has been in the field for those 40 years and seen it evolve. I'm excited to share his work with you. So until next time, remember whatever you are drinking, coffee, tea, or something a little bit stronger, I hope it leads you to fresh brewed ideas that will help make work better for all of us. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of HRT. As your thoughts from today's episode steep, Share with us what you are brewing using the hashtag HRT. That's hashtag H-R-T-E-A. HRT is brought to you by Villanova HRD. To learn more about Villanova University's graduate programs in human resource development and for all the links and notes from today's episode, visit the Villanova HRD blog at villanovahrd.com.